Good morning. I want to welcome those of you that are watching online. We're excited that you're with us today. And I want to talk to you uh, about a couple of things before we get into the message. Last week we took a little break from our series, but today we are uh, in part four of a series that we called I Declare War. And uh, I think we're going to do a good job, hopefully, of wrapping things up today and uh, sending you away with some practical things and be able to help you. Before we get into that, though, uh, all the ladies that are going to Pink Impact, there's quite a few of you that have registered online to go to that. Uh, that is this coming weekend, so Thursday evening through Saturday at about noon. You're going to be traveling and uh, be a part of that conference. It's going to be incredible. You're going to have a great time. A couple of things you need to know about is if you're if you're able, I know there are a few ladies that have contacted my wife and uh, they're going to be coming down because of work and different things. They're going to be coming down that evening on Thursday. But for those of you that are available and want to go down, uh, they're going to meet at Aiken Elementary, the parking lot there at Aiken Elementary, at 1.30 on Thursday. So 1.30 p.m., they're going to get together, and you're welcome to drive. If you want to carpool with each other, you can do that. Uh, you'll be able to eat dinner together, spend some time together, get checked into the hotel, and then that night the conference kicks off, uh, I believe, at 6 or 6.30. And so you'll be able to get there in plenty of time to eat and get all that stuff done. So don't forget about that. This Thursday at 1.30 at Aiken in the parking lot is where you guys will be meeting and I want to talk to you also about Easter. You saw, you just saw in the announcement, um, Easter is only four weeks from today, which is crazy. That is already upon us again. But this year, uh, we are not as a permanent thing, but for that day only, we are having special service times for that day. So Easter Sunday. So don't forget, uh, as Easter Sunday comes up, it won't be the the original, you know, the usual 9:30 and 11:15. We'll have a service at 8:30. One at 10 and then one at 1130 uh, to be able to accommodate everybody that's going to be coming on that day. One thing I do want to I want to ask you to consider is uh, if you are a regular attender of our church, I want to ask you to consider coming to maybe the 830 or the 1130. Uh, we're not telling you you can't come to the 10 o'clock. We're just anticipating that 10 o'clock will probably be the prime time that most people will show up. And so maybe you consider uh, attending at 8.30 and then maybe you serve at 10 o'clock and then you're able to, to go be with your family or whatever. Uh, or maybe you come serve at 10 o'clock and then you're going to stay for the 11.30 to be a part of that service, however you want to do that. But that's just something for you to consider uh, as, that, as that approaches. But don't forget on that day, and we'll let you know over the weeks to come uh, leading up to that. We will remind you as well of, of our service times on Easter specifically. So, uh, like I said, last week we kind of took a break from our series, but today we're going to wrap this series up that we've called I Declare War. And this series has been based on a book that is called I Declare War, and many of you have, have hit me up about this, and you may even be reading the book right now, or maybe you've ordered the book, or you plan on it. Uh, it's a really great book. I would highly recommend it, but I had read this book, and I thought, man, we need that in our life. We need what this book has to say in our lives. And so we've kind of taken a twist off of that book, and we've been in a four-part series, and today we're wrapping it up. And I want to uh, just recap really quickly, just in, in hopefully under a minute, where we've gone over the first three weeks of this series to catch us all up to speed, and then we're going to talk about uh, what God wants to do and wants to speak to us today. So in week one, we talked about thinking like a wolf. If you remember, we kind of wrapped, you could sum that entire message up in this thought that you can change the way you feel by changing the way you think. You can change the way you feel if you will change the way that you think. And then in week two, we talked about speaking like a wolf, and we said that if Jesus is the Lord of your life, he needs to be the Lord of your lips too. We talked about the importance of our words and what we speak. Not only is it important what we think about, 
But it's also important what we say about ourselves and how our words impact ourselves and other people. And then in week three, uh, part three of the series, we talked about acting like a wolf. And we said that our daily activity should come from our new identity. And when you gave your life to Jesus, you received a new identity. All the old is gone and the new has come. And so now our actions, the things that we do, our behaviors, the way that we live our lives should come from our new identity. Not from our old. Now, the enemy's going to try to creep that old back in there. Come on, all of us that have been saved for a minute know that that's the truth. He's going to try to bring that old back in there, but you've got to remind him and remind yourself a lot of times that my, my actions and the way that I live my life is not dictated by what, who I used to be. It's, it's dictated by who I am now, by who I am now in Christ and in Jesus. And so that's where we've been over the first three weeks of this series. And today as we wrap this series up, I want to talk to you on this subject. Here's the title if you're taking notes. It's fight like a wolf. Fight like a wolf. So we've been talking about these attributes of a wolf and how we can kind of compare and ap apply these things to our lives. And today I want to talk to you about fighting like a wolf. Now, I don't know how many of you are like me, but have you ever struggled, like there was something you wanted to do? There was one thing like you just wanted in your life. It could be, you know, even something on a, on a deeper level, and you just couldn't seem to get it. You couldn't seem to accomplish it. You couldn't seem to, to pull it off. You couldn't seem to get yourself to that place. Uh, I know one of the things that I thought about and kind of want to hang out here for just a moment is maybe the one thing that you want to be able to do is to rest peacefully or to be able to go through your day and, and have peace, <laughs> to be able to lay your head down on the pillow at night and have peace. Come on, somebody. Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy, and I know that statistics would tell us that there's a high percentage of you in here that probably didn't sleep much last night because you don't have any peace. And you want peace. Like, if there was one thing I could do, I just want to have some peace. I want to go to work and have peace. I want to be, you know, in, in, in my relationships and have peace. I want to lay my head down at night and have peace. I want to be able to go to sleep and have peace in my life. But a lot of us, we find ourselves, and a lot of us, we lay our heads down at night and our mind is on fire. <laughs> right? You lay down at night and your mind is on fire and your wheels are spinning and you're thinking about all of this stuff and, and you're worrying about all these things and you're afraid and, and, and you're having anxious thoughts or fearful thoughts or suicidal thoughts or thoughts about the people that you love and, and how they might be in danger and what if this happens and what. And, and I know this to be true. We, we all struggle to this to some degree, but some of us even more intensely than others even worrying about our family members, worrying about our friends, worrying about what might happen. What if, what if, what if, and we're worried and we're fearful and we're anxious and, and sometimes our, our, our thoughts and our mind just seems to be on fire and we, like, we want peace. I don't know anybody that just says, you know, I just really don't want to sleep at night. You know, I just hope that I stay up until I'm up till about 2.30 thinking about things and then, and then I go to sleep and wake up about 6 and go to <laughs> Get ready for work. Nobody, nobody thinks that. Nobody wants that, but that happens to a lot of us a lot of the time. And so uh, it, it's, it's become this thing. This entire series has been about us rising above the version of ourselves that we've kind of felt held hostage to. That many of us, we, we are living a life that we don't even like, and we feel like we're held hostage to habits and held hostage to addiction and held hostage to thought patterns and, and held hostage to the things that we speak over ourselves and held hostage in our behavior. We're held hostage in all these things, and we want to be different. We want to change. We want something different. We want peace. We want all of these things. And this series has been about how we can overcome, how we can get to another level and overcome the version of ourselves that we're living out that we don't even like. 
I don't want to live like this, but for some reason I can't seem to figure out how to get out of this pattern. And anxiety and fear and worry seem to be the new normal, don't they? In our lives, in our culture, it's, it's almost like if you ask somebody and they don't tell you that they're busy or that they're worried about something or that they're anxious about something, you know, it's like you just expect to hear that now. We just, it's, it's become the norm, like, like we're normalizing that, that we're supposed to live our lives anxious. We are normalizing that we're supposed to be fearful every day. We're normalizing that we're not supposed to have any peace. Well, I just, you know, probably for the rest of my life, I'm not going to sleep well. That's not the way that God intended for you to live your life. That's not the way that God intended for you to go through life wishing that it was better, wishing that there was something different, wishing that you could get to another place, but you don't really know how. And I want us to think about this for a moment. When we have given ourselves over to worry and fear and anxiety, uh, kind of want to want to picture this in your mind as horsepower, okay? And this applies to your vehicle. Whenever, whenever y- your vehicle cannot have horsepower going forward and going in reverse at the same time. Are you with me? You're either, when you put it in drive, all of the horsepower of that vehicle is taking you forward. None of it is taking you backward. But on the flip side of that, when it's in reverse, none of that horsepower can take you forward. It's only taking you backward. And I think that our, our, our thoughts and, and the way that we're living our lives and the things that we're dealing with and that we're struggling with in our lives, we've got to realize that if, if, if I'm giving myself over to fear and anxiety and worry and that's my lifestyle, that horsepower is taking me in one direction, but it's not taking me where I want to go. I'm going backward when I want to be moving forward. And so we've got to figure out how do we get the horsepower of our lives moving in the right direction. Are you with me? How do we get it going in the right direction? Because it can't be doing both things at the same time. I like this quote. Uh, if you want to write it down, it'll be on the screen behind me. But it's from a book called Emotional Intelligence. And it says this. It says, the number of worries that people report while taking a test directly predicts how poorly they will do on it. Research shows that the number of times that you worry... I don't know if you're a good test taker or a bad test taker or you freak out when you've got to take a test or I don't know how you, how you handle that stuff. But, but statistically, and research has shown that the number of worries that people report while taking a test, so when they took a test and it was like they're, they're reporting how many times they're worried about it, you know, worried, well, oh, what if I'm going to get that one wrong? And, oh, I don't really understand that. No, it directly predicts how well or not so well they're going to do on the test. Worry, worry is predicting how you are living your life. Worry, the amount of times, we can say it this way, the number of times that you are worrying about things going on in your life is predicting how your life is turning out. It is predicting what is going to happen to you that day. It is predicting how you are going to feel at the end of the day. It's worry. Worry. Uh, We could say it this way, that worry makes you worse. If you've taken a test and you've ever been worried, here's what here's here's the 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 news today, and and uh, we're gonna get into the good stuff here in just a moment. But I'm trying to build my case for why you need this. That worry makes you worse. When you worry about something, you've never done better. When you've gone in to take a test and you were so worried about it, it didn't help you. <laughs> None of that helps you in your life. When you're worried about things, it's not helping you. It's taking you in the wrong direction. And so we've got to figure out how to get things moving in the right direction because worry is making us worse. This is why we can't just think like a wolf and speak like a wolf and act like a wolf, but we have to learn to fight like a wolf because there's a real enemy 
who is here to kill and steal and destroy. And here's the good news. God has a plan for your life. God has an incredible plan for your life. But, here's, but on the flip side of that, the enemy does not want to see it happen. And so he, can't, he knows that he can't physically destroy you. So what he will do is he will get you worried and anxious and fearful and no peace in your life where you can't sleep at night. And now you're having all of these thoughts about, well, I don't know if it's always going to be like this way. Then I don't know if I want to go on. I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can do this anymore. And he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. God has a plan for your life, but we've got to understand that the enemy doesn't want the plan to succeed. So just because God has a plan for your life doesn't mean that you don't have to learn how to fight as you go through life. We've got to learn how to fight because the enemy doesn't want your plan to succeed. Today we're declaring that we're going to fight like a wolf. I love this quote from Teddy Roosevelt. If you remember, he was one of our presidents and his vice president said this about his death. After, after, he was, after he died, he said, death had to take Roosevelt sleeping, for if he had been awake, there would have been a fight. <laughs> oh, God, that we would get to the point <laughs> to where the enemy's like, I can't do anything else because everything I try to do, there's a fight. They won't just let me take over anymore. They won't just let me put worry on them anymore. There's a fight. I just want to be, I want to live my life. I want people to say about me, oh my gosh, every time the enemy tries to do something, he just has the best attitude. He's just ready, he, he's always ready to fight. There's always going to be a fight. And so I want to try to help us today and even help myself. Come on, look at your neighbor today. Tell him you need some fight in you. You need some fight in you. Come on, say it like you mean it. And when, you're, when they tell you that, don't, don't hit them and be like, you know, I got my <laughs> Some of you are like, we got that down, me and my wife, <laughs> me and my husband. We got some fight in us. We're going we're gonna to learn how to, how to fight against what the enemy's trying to do in our lives. I want to take us to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and read verses 3, 4, and 5, and then we're going to talk about some some practical things today. This is, what, this is what Paul writes. He says, I do live in the world, but I don't fight my battles the way the people of the world do. The weapons I fight with are not the weapons the world uses. In fact, it's just the opposite. My weapons have the power of God to destroy the camps of the enemy. I destroy every claim and every reason that keeps people from knowing God. I keep every thought under control in order to make it obey Christ. Come on, you gotta you gotta make your thoughts obey Christ. <laughs> you can't wish and hope that your thoughts will obey. You're gonna have to make your thought. Paul says, I take every thought captive and I'm gonna make it obey Christ. I'm gonna make it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna think about it. Come on, we talked about this in week one. There's a difference between what you think and what you think about. The enemy's gonna try to put thoughts in your mind, but you don't have to think about the things that he puts in your mind. There's a difference. And so Today, for the rest of our time, I want to talk to you about four important things that will help you fight like a wolf. Four things that we need to learn to do that we need to understand. Here's number one. We've got to control the high ground. If we're going to fight against the, the schemes and the tactics of the enemy, we're going to fight like a wolf. We've got to control the high ground. How many of you know that whoever controls the high ground in the battle controls the battlefield? 
<laughs> Snipers look for high position to do their thing. It's, it's hard whenever, whenever you think about this, just picture this in your mind. If you're fighting a battle, if you're fighting something, and you're fighting uphill, the sun's in your eyes. You can't see clearly. You can't see, you don't have the right perspective on what's going on in your life if you don't have control of the high ground. And I think for many of us in this room today, the enemy has been controlling the high ground in your life. And the reason that you have the wrong perspective, and, and, and it's, not, it's not that you need to feel condemned or you need to feel bad about yourself. You just need to take, take back over. Come on, you have the authority to take back over the high ground. You, have the, you don't have to just roll over and be like, well, this is just always the way it's going to be. No, it's not a, no, it's a story of my life. No, it's not the story of your life. Come on, we talked about this too. It might be the story you're writing, but how many of you want to write a different story? How many of you want what God wants for your life and not just rolling over and, and, and taking whatever the enemy throws your way? So we've got to take over the high ground. We've got to get the right perspective again. So what part of the high ground is in your life? It could be, it, it could be overcoming addictions or bad habits or sleep patterns. Come on, some of, you, some of you just need to get more sleep. Some of you, it's not that your thoughts are, 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 are consuming everything. Some of you just stay up till 2 in the morning watching Netflix, and then you try to go to bed and get up for work, and you're like, I don't know why I'm so tired. <laughs> It could be something real practical like that, or it could be something that you've struggled with for your entire life, or maybe since you were 12, or, or maybe it's something that's ran in your family for so long, and now, you, now it's, it's something that you're dealing with and you're struggling with. And come on, somebody at some point, somebody's got to say, this stops with me. <laughs> at some point, it's got to say, I'm not passing this on to my kids. It stops with me. It might have been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation, but I'm not going to accept this. It stops with me, and my kids are going to have a different life than what was passed down to me through generations. These are ways that the enemy tries to get a foothold so that he can eventually get a stronghold. Come on, the enemy's looking for an area of your life where he can just stick his toe in the door. And once he gets his toe in the door, a few months will go by, a few years will go by, and before you know it, he'll have a stronghold on your life in an area of your life that, that he was just taking over one little step at a time. And we've got to shut the door. We've got to take back over the high ground. We've got to control the high ground. Amanda, my wife, she mentioned this concept a while back, but I want to mention it again today because it's that good, and it's this concept of 8 by 8 by 8. Many of you remember this when she uh, spoke several months back, 8 by 8 by 8. And, and what this is is it means what if, what if in your life, what would your life look like if you, if you made the decision every night I'm going to get 8 hours of sleep, every day I'm going to drink 8 glasses of water, and I'm going to give the first 8 minutes and the last 8 minutes of my day to Jesus. What could your life look like if you said, you know what, from this point forward, it's more important for me to get eight hours of sleep than it is for me to watch The Walking Dead? <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm out. I'm out. Can we make it seven hours of sleep? <laughs> I'm out. What, what would it look like if you woke up and, and instead of your first thing, now I know, <laughs> some of you are like, I need my coffee. Come on, pastor, I need my coffee. What would it look like, though, if you were intentional throughout the day to make sure you got eight? Come on, some of you, some of you are dealing with things inside your body it's because you don't drink enough water. And, and I can preach about this, and I can talk to you about this in a practical way because I don't drink enough water. It is nothing for me to go an entire day and not drink any water. An entire day and not drink any water because I just don't think to drink water. But what if we said, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep. I'm going to drink eight glasses of water. And when I get up in the morning, the first eight minutes are not going to Instagram. The first eight minutes are not going to worry. The first eight minutes are not going to Facebook. 
The first eight minutes are going to Jesus. And I'm going to put on a worship song, and I'm going to worship for three or four minutes, and I'm going to read a couple verses in the Bible, and I'm going to say a prayer before I walk out the door and go to work. You know, God, just be with me today. Thank you that you're with me, and I can, I can do all things through you. Whatever that looks like for you, I'm going to declare something over my life. What if before you laid your head down at night and you, were, you, know, you laid down in bed, and when you headed to bed, you sat there for a minute, and you gave God the last eight minutes of your day, and you focused your attention on him and said, God, I, help me to sleep. Help me to rest well. Help me to be refreshed. What would your life look like if you just did those simple things? For some of you, that would help you control the high ground in your life. If you could just do some practical things and say, I'm going to get more sleep. I'm going to drink more water. And I'm going to give God the first and last of my day. Some of us just need to begin there. And I think that that would help us tremendously. Because sometimes some of the things that we're fighting in our bodies could be changed just by doing those things. Another way that, that we can control the high ground is through prayer. So I would ask you today, how often do you pray? How often do you pray? And I know statistically they would tell us that prayer is that, that most of us in this room, if we were to go around the room, most of us struggle to pray. Most of us in this room probably pray once a week. Most of us in this room, some of us in this room may not even really know what prayer looks like. I don't even know what, I, I don't feel like I can pray. Prayer, let me help you out. Prayer is just you talking to God. How you would talk to your spouse, how you would talk to your kids, how you would talk to a friend. How, it's just you talking to, that's all it is. That's all God wants. God wants a relationship with you. And in a relationship, there's communication. And it's you taking the time to just say, you know what, God, here's, here are my thoughts. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I'm fearful about. I'm feeling anxious today. Can you help me? Can you calm my nerves? Can you help me to do well at this interview? Can you, can you help my marriage? You know, can you help us to, 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 to begin to serve each other? Can you, whatever it is that you need in your life, talk to God about it. How often do you pray? Because prayer is a way that you take back the high ground. The enemy is controlling the high ground in many of our lives because we don't pray. We never talk to God. We're never, we're never taking a moment to just talk to God, and the enemy loves it because he can plant the thoughts, and he can cause you to worry, and he can cause you to be anxious, and he can cause you to be fearful. But what would happen if we just took time every single day at the, at the beginning and the end, and we just talked to God? We prayed. We prayed for our day. We prayed over our kids. We prayed for our spouse. Another way that we can control the high ground, I love this, maybe you want to write this down or post it somewhere or whatever, is to starve your fear and feed your faith. I'm telling you, if, whatever you starve will die. And whatever you feed, many of us, we're dealing with this in our lives because we keep feeding it. We keep feeding it. I'm fearful because I keep feeding it. I'm anxious because I keep feeding it. And I need to start starving my fear. I need to start starving the things out of my life that don't need to be there, and feeding the things that I want in my life. I need to begin to pray. I need to begin to read the Word. I need to begin to spend time with Jesus. All of those things that are going to feed the right things in your life so that you'll begin to see a shift in your life. It's important. I don't know about you. I hope you are. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm mad about what the enemy is trying to do to even, and I'm not even talking about people that don't know Jesus. What the enemy is doing, because he ain't that worried about the people that don't know Jesus. But what the enemy is doing in my life and your life to keep us from experiencing life the way that God intended for us to experience it. And I think it's time that we get a little upset about it and stop just taking everything that comes our way. We've got to learn to fight. 
We've got to learn to fight. You're in a battle. We said it at the beginning of the series. You're in a fight whether you want to admit it or not. So are you going to declare that I'm going to fight this thing and I'm going to make sure that this stops with me? I'm going to make sure that I get the life that God wants for me. I'm going to fight. We've got to fight. Another way that, uh, just a real practical way that you can control the high ground in your life is the name of Jesus. Come on, we don't use the name of Jesus enough. Whew. You know why I don't think, uh, you know why I think we don't use the name of Jesus enough? It's because we don't realize the power that is in simply saying his name. <laughs> Some of y'all don't get it right now. You're looking at me like, I don't get it. We can just say a name. And th- here's what the Bible says, that at the name of Jesus, whoo, at the name of Jesus, the devil flees. <laughs> you start speaking the name of Jesus, and the devil's like, you know, he has to go. He has to flee in just the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Come on, some of you just need to say this every day when you wake up. You should be like, in Jesus' name, I will not worry. In Jesus' name, I will not fear. In Jesus' name, come on, you got something going on in your body. In Jesus' name, I'm healed. Today's my day. I'm healed. You just need to start declaring that over your life. It's time that we control the high ground. Here's number two. Control the high ground. Number two is to fight fire by being on fire. Whew. Fight fire by being on fire. Think about the last time that you bought a car, and you leave the car lot, and and you have gas in the tank, right? Inside looks real nice. You've got gas in the tank. You're driving off. You're proud of your new car. How many of you just drive that car for the rest of your life and expect that one tank of gas to last you forever? (laughs) Nobody. You're just driving around for a week, and then you run out of gas, and you call the dealership like, hey. Like, I bought this car from you, and... I'm on the side of the road. You going to do something about this? <laughs> well, did you put gas in it? No. I just expected the gas that you put in it when I bought it to just last me forever. And it sounds, it sounds crazy when we say it that way, but how many of us live our lives that way spiritually? We expect <laughs> to... to, to to talk to God and to, to get power. There's power. The Holy Spirit gives us power to be able to live the life that God has called us to live. And we expect that we're going to get this power and, and, and we're going to receive this power. And that it's just going to la- just We never have to, do any, just never have to do anything ever again. Never have to do anything ever again. Just going to last us for, for all eternity. Too many times we're not continually tapping into the power that God has given us through the Holy Spirit. And I can't rely today on the power the Spirit gave me yesterday. The, the, the Spirit, I love Psalm 23 where it says, give us this day our daily bread. That means one day at a time. One day at a time. So what God's going to give you today is for today. Then tomorrow, He's going to give you what you need for tomorrow. And the next day, he's going to give you what you need for the next day. And we've got to begin to tap into the power. I need to ask the Holy Spirit every single day to fill me with power for that day. I love this, this quote from the author of, of the book. He said it this way. He said, you need the Holy Spirit to fill you like a hand fills a glove with fire from above. <laughs> you need the Holy Spirit to fill you like a hand fills a glove with fire from above. So why, why is this a weapon to fight against the, the, you know, what the Bible calls the fiery darts of the enemy? The fiery darts of the enemy that the enemy is shooting at you because he's shooting at you whether you want to admit it or not. And here's the reason why I think it's so important. It's because the devil can't burn what's already burning. (laughs) 
you can't light something on fire that's already on fire. <laughs> and so you've got your, sh- your shields already on fire, and you've got power from the Holy Spirit for that day, and the enemy starts shooting things at you. He can't, he can't burn what's already burning. So you need, to, you need to tap into the power that only comes from the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, give me the power to live the life that I am called to live today. Give me the power to do it today. And the devil tries to attack you and you just need to let him know that the joke's on him. <laughs> he tries to shoot a fiery dart at you and just let him know the joke's on him because I'm already on fire. You can't light me on fire. I'm already on fire. Here's number three. Third thing we need to do is raise your voice. Raise your voice. When you're in the fiercest battle, your voice is so much more powerful than the enemy wants you to believe it is. So much more powerful than what the enemy... (laughs) What comes out of your mouth is so much more powerful than what the enemy wants you to think it is. And I want us to, to talk about Jesus for a moment. I think he's a pretty good example, don't you? (laughs) <laughs> it's a pretty good, pretty good person to model our lives after. And so Jesus has, you know, this is right before Jesus dies, and, and we're about to celebrate Easter and all of that here in just a few weeks. But Jesus has the Last Supper with his disciples, and he goes to Gethsemane to pray before he is ultimately going to be crucified for our sin and then raised from the dead, which is what we're going to celebrate in just a few weeks. But what I want to draw your attention to today is, is a moment between, between the Last Supper and Jesus' preparation for uh, for giving his life for you. So they've ate the meal. Table's cleaned up. Jesus knows what's coming. He knows that he's got to get prepared for what's coming. And then here's what, he, here's what he does. And I want us to look at this. Do we have that verse in Matthew chapter 26, verse 30? <laughs> it says this, simple verse says, When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. When they, so, so he's just eating with his disciples. He's, he's told them, you know, they've, they've, the first communion, what we, what we would call communion today. And he's eaten with his disciples. They've taken communion. He's talked to them about what's about to happen. And then it says, right after that, it says, And when they had sung a hymn, then they went out. When they had sung a hymn, they went out. So check this out for just a moment. If Jesus understood the importance of worship before he went into a battle, how much more important is it for us to understand the importance of worship before we go into a battle? <laughs> See, we read right over this verse a lot of times. But before he went into the battle, they sang together. They put on a worship song before they went into the battle. And a lot of times what we do is, well, we got to go. we got to hurry. We're running behind. It's time to go. And, and what we need to do is we need to realize, no, I'm not going anywhere before I take a moment to raise my voice in worship today. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not stepping out into this battlefield without raising my voice in worship because it matters. If it mattered for Jesus, it matters for me. If he saw the importance of it, then I need to see the importance of it. And we got to raise our voice. Jesus understood what we need to understand, and it's that worship is a weapon. Worship is a weapon. We could even say it this way, worship doesn't just win the war, worship is the war. <laughs> worship doesn't just win the war, worship is the war. It is the war. 
here's the reality today. In the middle of whatever your struggle is or whatever your need is or whatever you're dealing with, in the middle of all that stuff, you still have to choose who you're going to worship. In the middle of the struggle, you have to choose. That's why worship is the war. You are choosing who you are going to worship, what you are going to worship in the middle of the battle. And worshiping Jesus might matter most when you don't feel like it. Come on, you ever been you ever been going through something and that's the moment when you really don't feel like worshiping? You really don't feel like lifting your voice? You really don't feel like singing? Sometimes you come to church and you really don't feel like lifting your hand. You really don't feel like singing the song. You really don't feel like worshiping because of what you're going through. But worship doesn't just win the war. Worship is the war. Raising your voice is most important, but sometimes we also need to raise our voice to other people. It's a good thing to worship, and it's an important thing to worship, but sometimes we need to raise our voice to other people. Sometimes we need to, we need to find somebody that we can talk to about what we're going through. We need to pick up the phone, and we need to call that person that, that knows what's going on in our lives and say, Hey, man, these are the thoughts that I'm having. These are the things that I'm dealing with. This is what's going on in my marriage. Can you pray for me? Can you believe with me? Can you see? A lot of times we don't have a problem going to God, but we have a problem going to each other. Because what are you going to think about me if I come to you and tell you that I'm struggling? This is why you need to be in a group. This is why you're going to need to be in a group. You need people. You need somebody. And some of you, I believe this with all my heart, some of you are sitting in this room today, and the reason you don't do this is because you don't have anybody. The reason you don't talk to anybody is because you don't have anybody to talk to. And it's not that you don't want to, but you don't know. And the only way, the only way that you're going to find that person is you're going to have to take steps. You're going to need to get in a group and start connecting with people and start building relationship with people or, or, or that person that, that, that God puts on your heart. You're going to have to start putting in the time and the effort to get a relationship so that you have somebody that you can pick up the phone or you can send a text to or that you can call or that you can do whatever you need to do in the moments that you're struggling. you gotta, you got to have somebody you can talk to. Here's what I know about me and here's what I know about you. This is Nobody's exempt from this. Your life ain't perfect. My life's not perfect. And there are times that I need people to talk to. And there are times that you're going to need people to talk to. So my question would be, are you preparing, are you, are you setting yourself up to have people in your life that you can talk to whenever you're going through something? Because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. You're not, nobody's exempt. You're not, you're not so holy that you don't need somebody in your life. You're not so, you know, you're not so got it all together that you don't need somebody in your life. You're, you don't have it all figured out. Come on, you ain't Jesus today. So you're going to need somebody in your life that you can talk to. You're going to need to talk to God, and you're going to need somebody else that you can talk to about what's going on. We have to raise our voice. And then here's number four. We'll end with this. The fourth thing you got to do is keep showing up. You just got to keep showing up. I love what Winston Churchill said. He says, success consists of going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. <laughs> success consists of going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. How many of us, when we fail or we mess up or, or something happens or we're going through a trial that maybe even God has led us to that we're walking through so that he can develop character in us or he can develop what he's needed to develop in us and we give up and we quit in the middle of the battle. And he says that here's what success is. It's going from failure to failure to failure to failure to failure to failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. Saying, I know God is still faithful. 
I know that he's doing something in me through this. I know that this might be something that he's walking me through, and I'm going to keep walking through it until we get to the other side of it. Mm. What have you been what have you been thinking about quitting? What have you been thinking about giving up on? Where are you beginning to lose faith in your life? We can all probably think of something. An area where we we're, we're 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 considering right now, we're considering quitting. I'm struggling with my faith in this area. We all probably have something, and I want to encourage you today to keep showing up. Keep showing up. When it gets hard, keep showing up. When you're struggling with faith, keep showing up. When you feel like quitting, keep showing up. When you can't see the way out just yet, keep showing up. When you're dealing with consequences from your actions, keep showing up. When your marriage is difficult, keep showing up. When life feels unfair, keep showing up. Here's what I know about a fight. Here's what I know about a fight. A fight is not one round. A fight is round after round after bloody lip, after punch thrown, after falling, after failing a time or two and getting back up. A fight is not just one round. You're not going to you're not going you're not going to wake up and 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 just be able to in one day just whew, whew, we just defeated that. I'm glad I'm glad a fight is something that you have to do every single Day, it's round after round after round. A fight is getting knocked down and getting back up again. That's what a fight is. And we've got to learn how to fight. We've got to learn how to fight. See, here's, I'm going to bring the worship team back up. I think as believers, as Jesus followers, as Christians, we have lost our fight. We have lost our fight. And we're just giving in to whatever comes our way. Well, I'm discouraged today. I feel like quitting this. I'm losing faith in this. I don't know if, if God even really exists. He hasn't answered my prayer over here. He hasn't done that thing for me yet. Why is my marriage still in this, in this place? Why has all this happened? And, and, and we're, we're, giving up on, we're giving up on our purpose. We're giving up on what God has called us to do. We're giving up on things that God never intended for you to give up on. Here's what, here's what you need to understand. You're in a fight. So what we've got to learn to do is fight. Fight. Just because you came to church today doesn't mean that when you walk out, you're not going to have problems. You're going to have problems. And something, something's probably going to go wrong. And somebody's probably going to get on your nerves. And somebody's going to say something about you that you don't like. But that doesn't mean you roll over. <laughs> You fight. You fight. Say, I know that this is my purpose. I know that this is what God's plan is. I'm fighting for the life that God wants to give me, and I'm not rolling over to what the enemy brings my way anymore. You've got to learn how to fight. Fight. It's good to think right. It's good to speak right. It's good to act right. Those are all ways that you fight. But you gotta get some fight in you. I've gotta get some fight in me that says just because things get hard doesn't mean I'm quitting. Just because things get difficult doesn't mean I'm quitting. Just because I prayed a prayer and it didn't happen right then doesn't mean I'm quitting. I'm gonna keep fighting. I'm gonna fight for what God said is mine. 
I'm going to fight for it. If you go back and you read it, I'm over my time and I'm sorry. And, and you're going to have people waiting on you in the parking lot to get out of your parking spot. But, <laughs> but, but God's people, the Israelites, went, they had to fight to get to the land that God promised them. He had already promised it. But they still had to fight. God told Joshua, he said, be strong and courageous. I'm going with you, and everywhere you set your foot, I'm going to give it to you, but you're going to have to fight. And he said, don't leave anything behind. When you defeat the enemy, you destroy it all. And then you move on to the next one. It's a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. And we've got to learn how to fight. Come on, will you stand to your feet today? Anybody ready to fight? As we wrap this series up here in just a moment, we're going to sing one final song. Here's what I want to tell you in closing to end this whole thing. For all of us who are trying to win the war from within, that's what this whole thing is about. It's about a war going on inside of us. It's about us a lot of times being our own worst enemy. For those of us that are trying to win the war that, that's within, and we're, we're, we're standing here today and we're saying, you know what, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. Here's, here's the good news. Here's what you need to remember. You're not the only one trying to win the war from within. You're not the only one. Don't let the enemy convince you that you're the only one dealing with it. Don't let the enemy convince you that you're the only one that's struggling. Don't let the enemy, you're not the only one trying to, we're all trying to win this war that's going on inside of us. But we got to fight. We got to fight. And if you give up, just thinking about the people around you, the people that are in your life. If you give up, then how can God use you to go reach them? If you've given your life to Jesus and you give up because it gets difficult, how can God use you? See, that's what God wants to do. He wants to use you to reach the world. He wants to reach you. Come on, you need to hear me say this. He doesn't want to... <laughs> he doesn't want... God did not call me to reach Paris, Texas. <laughs> some of y'all are going to love this and some of y'all are going to not like this at all. God called me to equip you to reach a city. God called me to equip you to reach the people in your neighborhood. See, some of us, we're waiting on the pastor and we're waiting on the leaders and we're waiting on other people to, you know, to, to schedule things for us to do and, and when's the next outreach event and how can we be a blessing? And we're going to do all that. We're going to serve our community. We're going to provide opportunities for you to do that. But there's something to be said about you coming in here and being equipped and then walking out the doors and saying, I'm going to reach somebody this week. I'm going to reach somebody for Jesus this week because that's my job. <laughs> that's my job. That's my calling. Some of us need to accept the calling. We gotta fight. We gotta fight because if we give up, then God can't. How can, how's God gonna use you to reach the person down the street from you if you give up? Let me pray for you, God. We thank you today for your word. We thank you for this series. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, even right now in this moment, God. I believe that you are transforming something. That you are giving us new perspective. God, teach us to fight. I pray that there would be something that would rise up on the inside of every person under the sound of my voice right now. That when they walk out of these doors today, they're ready to fight. They're ready to fight for what you want to give them. 
to fight for the life that you have for them, to fight for the purpose that you have for them, and to not give up, to not give in, but to fight. If our prayer team will come down, we're going to sing one final song. And as the worship team begins to sing this song, if you need prayer for anything in your life, anything in your life, Maybe it's maybe it's 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 you're just gonna step out and say, you know what, today I'm just gonna go down and I'm gonna tell somebody that today I'm making the decision that I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight. And will you just pray for me and will you encourage me and will you just believe with me that God's gonna give me the tools, that God's gonna give me the weapons, and I'm gonna tap into the things that God has already set out in front of me so that I can begin to fight for the life that God has for me. Amen. So God, we thank you today. And Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.